Hey, folks, what are we all drinking tonight? So I'm drinking a uh, cause and effect uh, IPA, and they've changed their bottle. James is holding up, unsurprisingly, a Malbec, but surprisingly, a very colourful Malbec. It, it, it is exceptionally colourful. It's called Asado. Um, I don't think it's as Japanese as it sounds, but it is quite tasty. And that's from the west end of the little, I mean, orchard, I, pre I presume. Look, I've told you before, Steve, it's Aldi. <laughs> main, main, mainly, mainly because the nearest, nearest um, little is about five miles away, whereas um, Aldi is about 1.2. So the um, Aldi £4.51 selection is coming in handy week after week after week. <laughs> uh, but I had a bottle of red wine earlier, uh, which is why it will make less and less sense as the evening wears on and the tiredness kicks in. That's why I'd be supping some water. How about you, Chris? Uh, I had an event last night, so I'm tapping into the leftovers. I've got John J. Bowman, Virginia straight bourbon whiskey. I'm hoping to finish that. <laughs> That's a heck of a leftover you've got. <laughs> right? That's bottle number two. So, <laughs> oh, um, right so Steve, I think you need to tell us what sort of red wine you were um, drinking earlier. Uh, it was a yellowtail red wine with an orange label. Uh, and I think it was also Malbec. Um, I have now forgotten. Uh, it was not the one that my wife's mum had the previous weekend that we both thought was nice. Um, so, yeah, insights into life that provide no insight. Pointless <laughs> waffle. And that's why everyone's here. Um, and let's let's disturb their point for being here. Let's let's talk about uh, Zwift. So uh, what are we doing first? ZRL, according to the notes you sent on Facebook earlier, James. So what's coming up on ZRL this week? <laughs> So um, in these with Racing League, we have, um, it's a bit of a sprinter palooza um, with the two Bridges of Loop routes. Um, C's and D's will do four laps. A's and B's will unfortunately do six. Um, so this is what? the um, two Bridges Loop, and the only segment on it is first across the line and fastest through a segment on the Watopia Sprint Reverse. So this is the one as you do the S's back to front. And it's as you're coming around the last of the S's, go down the hill, turn left, and then hit the sprint. And it is, I think, 160 metres, maybe 180. Um, and it's round about 500 metres after I get dropped. But um, so essentially, of course, um, turn left out of the Watopia pier pens straight into the S's, um, go through the sprints, and then you head up the very start of the reverse um, KOM route. So that's the hill that peaks around about 10, 12%. Then you take a little bypass straight onto the descent, and then you start another lap. I really like this course um, as a warm-up course. It's what I do my warm-up on. Uh, I've never raced it. Um, it has the the only acceptable bit of the com reverse, because um, <laughs> as we all know, the rest of the com reverse is just rubbish, and I hate it. Um, so yeah, it's a cool course. And, and I think actually, the I'm trying to look at the the Zwift Insider map and work out where I am. The sprint's actually quite a way from that isn't it so i don't think there's the opportunity to go too mad on the common drop people because i think they'll just get back to you on the descent but uh, i think i think realistically being just being able to hang on through the s's um craig we did something with the s's in the second route did we do seaside sprint 
or was it something else we did that had the S's at the start? No, we did Seaside. Yeah, we did Seaside Sprint, I think. I know we did Seaside Sprint in HWR. I'm yeah. not certain we did it in ZRL, but we definitely did. It might be oh, figure sure, eight. I don't know. Was it figure no. eight? Figure eight we did, reverse. We definitely did figure eight reverse. Yeah. yeah figure, we did figure eight yeah. reverse. Yeah. yeah. So figure yeah. eight reverse went straight. Um, it turned left out the out the pens, straight onto the S's, and the S's were monumentally brutal. Um, like people doing 500 watts over them. I mean, like really, that's just unnecessary. Um <laughs> to the extent that I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna have my first chance at a really good sprint here. Oh shit, I've been dropped. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how my season has continued <laughs> but yeah so um the first lap's going to be hideous um it's probably going to be so um I'm, I'm i'm talking my experience in in the b division um i suspect it's going to be 400 watt average to the first sprint and that's probably two three minutes into the race i'm not looking forward to this one at all yeah, it's one of those horribly short laps where people can just do the whole lap full gas, can't they? And then above full gas on the segment. So that first lap's just going to be horrific. And then kind of you're going to be holding on through every sprint. Um, yeah, it's not, not fun. But yeah, also at the same time fun. Um, sadly, I don't think I can do this week on ZRL. Um, clashing a lot with work and other things that are going on but i, th I think, um, I think well, essentially you'll, you'll have two interesting points so you've got the sprint which is going to cause separation but not too long after sprint at all you've got the climbing going up reverse hilly um, and that's going to break things up as well um i expect the field to be very split very early uh yeah and it kind of so how is how is zrl i've i've not really followed zrl this season how is it working out the the fastest across the line segments is it still you've effectively got six goes and your best one counts um, um you, you you could potentially have the six best times um so it's the 10 best times over the course of the entire race Okay, so I mean, maybe something to race for if you get dropped early on, but kind of we all know the draft is massive. Uh, so just to ride around enjoying the scenery, put put a podcast on, chill out. Um, if you get dropped, that would be my suggestion anyway. Um, what bike? What bike would you ride, James? I would obviously be on the Orange Tron because that's what's currently selected in Zwift, and I can't be bothered changing it. Although the new UI might make that easier, but we'll discuss that a bit more later. Uh, picture on for me. Yep, same pink drum. I I can't argue. Um, I, I not not very much anyway. You you could go something a little uh, a little oddball with like the the Atheos and a and the DT Swiss six twos or the NV seven eights, but that's that's about it. I think. I think I think also it depends on are you going to target the sprint the first lap? In which case, go maximum aero knowing that you're going to get dropped on the hill fairly shortly afterwards. Um, I'm looking at the Tron as an all-rounder so that I could maybe hang on over the S's and maybe a little bit on the climb. But realistically, I'm going to finish around 55th, so this, this <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't Swift matter Insider, too much. This is what Swift Insider doesn't tell us, though, is it? Because this is essentially a flat course. It's like, what, just over 100 metres of climbing. 
you're talking about maybe a 30 second effort, I reckon 30, 45 second effort on the steeper climb. Is there that much of a difference? I mean, when we talk about what's it about a minute between the or 90 seconds between the Zwift frame and the very best climbing frame in the game over an hour climb, like again, against and if you look at kind of the frames people can get at level seven versus the best climb in the bike in the freight game, it's less than a minute. So over a 60 second effort, is it making a huge effort? So I'd almost, if I wasn't just always on the Tron, I'd probably be going, what's the maximum error I could get because it's such a flat course and what's easy to stay in the draft? Craig, this is now where we would disagree. We are disagreeing. So this, as much as you say this is a pretty (laughs) flat lap, um, it's 73 meters of climbing per lap. So that adds up to just about 300 meters for the C's and D's and 438 for the B, A's and B's. It, there's, there's actually quite a bit of climbing. It's spread out. It's a bunch of punchy climbs, so it's going to hurt because every one of those climbs is going to be pushed. I, th- I think realistically, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because I'm still going to finish around 55th. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to an event um, that you hopefully won't finish 55th in, James. Uh, that is correct, because what, I will not be taking the, part. Uh, <laughs> what's coming up in the Herd Winter Racing League? Um, so Herd Winter Racing League this weekend over Friday, Saturday and Sunday is, because we haven't had enough of it yet, we have a single lap of Caspat in France. Um, and anyone that raced in ZRL this week will be absolutely delirious with joy to find out that there are no primes on any of the sprints. So we have a single lap cast pat. Um, we will go through the marina sprint over the start finish line. We'll do not very much for about 11 kilometers, and then we'll go through the parve sprint. And then things will get a little bit more interesting as we hit the rollers just before the aqueduct KOM, over the aqueduct KOM, down the aqueduct KOM, and then up the greatest hill in the entire world, the petty KOM, and then descend down to the finish. The end. And so I hadn't really realised quite how far it is until you actually have to do anything on this course until I opened Swift Insider just now, and it, it's about twelve k, and it's it, that's a hell of a lead in to the to the bit before the aqueduct come. Um, yet somehow we've managed to both get dropped randomly on roads, haven't we? Before James, I remember doing this one in ZRL in the bees, and us both having to sprint back onto a group um, because we somehow got dropped on the flat. Um, so yeah, oh. hope, hopefully it's a nice chill that everyone could just roll out a one and a half watts a kilo, and then we'll just go nuts on the comms. But, uh... So at, from from watching the first race earlier today, the start was actually relatively relaxed. Um, so the front was probably doing about three point five watts a kilo inside the first minute, which is practically unheard of um, in a race like this. Um, and the pace was like that up until about 13 K when you start to hit the 5% rollers just before the aqueduct, um, which is where I would have got dropped. Um, so the, the first race as well is normally one of our pastier ones. Um, so it was quite surprising that the pace wasn't that hard at the start, but then it is literally 13 uh, 13 kilometers pan flat up until anything happens. So, and and then things get exciting. So it's it's one of the more well attended, but the one thing I will say is there are no real team tactics going on in race one. 
versus so race two we're going to see you know atp is notorious for that if you wanted to you could get eight ten twelve of your guys and gals together and sort of ttt it and drive the pace and make a selection early um but with nothing really to fight for in terms of primes or sprint points we, there was no real incentive in race one which i did um to drive the pace so buggy made a, a jump for it early i hopped on his wheel just for some fun um, but that that was all quickly collected uh, but you could easily drive the pace if you had team tactics and were together on discord do we think that works though i mean because the the noticeable thing about the start of this this lap is that you essentially gain no altitude like i remember you're about 10 k's in and you've climbed about 10 meters like it's it's really flat um so so is there a is there a bit where you can make it tough enough to make a real selection or are you just kind of granting there's a few one or two? yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's, there's definitely some spots so thinking back to uh when i first moved to the bees and uh you know dirt head operation bear claw running and that was hard that was really really hard um and yeah it was uh I mean, it was fun. We, we, we went fast and it, I mean, that, that was HSRL. So we were doing primes, but uh, no, the, the, we were dropping people left, right and center or the dirt guys were, and I was just hanging. I was doing a pretty good job to just hang on. I, I think, I think the answer is as a solo, absolutely no chance whatsoever. But right. if you've got a group of say eight plus who decide you want to just go and hammer five and a half, six plus for a minute, to try and have a bit of a breakaway that that's an option but it is still a really 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 flat start to a race um and i i think if the race had primes with the marina sprint and the parve sprint there would be obvious like separation points but because there, there's no incentive to go for them then there isn't any incentive to go for them so you, you know if you had a team of 10 and you decided okay at five kilometers, we're all going to go at six six watts a kilo for 60 seconds to have a go at a breakaway. That that could potentially work. Um, as a solo, you have absolutely no chance, probably not until the Petit Com. Um, you could potentially have a little breakaway on the aqueduct, but you're going to get pulled back by everyone else on the downhill and the flat afterwards. So going by what I saw in the first race, um, it's going to be very tame, up until the aqueduct, which was probably six watts a kilo, maybe seven. Um, but then that all came back together. And like the front group just before the aqueduct was half the field of the race. There was like 51, uh, there, there, there were 51 in the front group up until the aqueducts in the field of 105. Um, and the aqueduct dropped about 10. Um, so the front group was still 37 going into the Petit Com. So that basically shows that the initial pace was quite friendly. And that's what I'm saying. Like half the field was in the front group in race one up until that point. But if you push the pace, you're not going to break away as a group of eight, 10, 12, but you will dislodge mm -hmm. eight, 10, 12 before you get to the aqueduct. And then you'll lose another eight, 10, 12. And you'll go from half the field to a third of the field and then select from there. So yeah, that we could have selected down earlier in race one if we had um, team tactics in play. Yeah. And I think uh, if a team was going to make, a, you know, that's that surprise attack to try and distance another team and deliver their guy that can 
really climb Petitcom fast to, to the bottom. I think attacking just before the pave sprint, going hard across the pave, and that's a spot where you are going to distance the group with the higher rolling resistance. And with if you're plan if you're no if you're knowing you're going to go hard, the if you hit that with the group stretched out to break the draft, um, it's uh, if there isn't another big team that can get organized fast to chase you, you're you are going to get a pretty good gap, I think. Yeah, drop a burrito and then you're gone. So what are we thinking bike choice wise then? I'm hearing not much action till the comms. Are we thinking best climbing bike? Not steep enough. Um, I'm going to go Pinktron again. Um, I, your two climbs, Aqueduct is um, 5%. Petticom um, is 4 um, I don't think either are steep enough to warrant a climbing bike, especially on the Petty KOM where you have flat section. Well, essentially, um, the climb is built into two sections. So you've got the initial 3% um, for uh, probably like a third of the climb. Um, and then you've got probably 5% for the rest of it, but that's broken up into shallow and steeper bits. Um, but I don't think any of it is steep enough to warrant a climbing frame wheel set i'd unfortunately agree uh i, I think the uh you you could go um so if you're confident in your climbing you could definitely go full arrow with the with the thought that the the downhill and then flat finish but uh yeah that's to to me that's the uh, the other play it's it's not the other play isn't the climbing frame I actually think that probably makes more sense than the Tron. Um, if, if, if you think you can climb, um, because the the descent is fast and the finish is very quick, um, and so much of the rest of the course is pan flat, that um, I, I, I think that I've actually agreed with Craig after he said he agreed with me, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and having said I'd go climbing frame, I think if I... If I could actually be bothered to change my cl climb, uh, change my frame from the orange strand I'm currently on, I probably would go best climbing, for, uh, best flat frame, uh, make it easy on the flat at the start, and then no, I, I'm going to have to work hard on the climbs anyway. And like I say, there's a lot of descent, chance to beat people in the sprint at the end. So, uh, we're all agreeing. That's weird, Chris. Please disagree with us. Um, I would love to, but I. Yeah, I will. I will actually, because I'm, I'm, I'm going Tron. I'm not going flat because I need every little watt saving that I can use on the climbs. I know it's alternating. I know it's draftable, um, but I can stop on the pedals when I need to. And, uh, and I need the all around, not the orange Tron, not, there's no Dutch here. Uh, I am, I'm pure pink Tron through and through. So that's what I'm taking. That's what I took. And I'll stand by that. I think ultimately it comes down to what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, I am not great on the flat, so I probably want to maximize as much error as possible, whereas I'm decent on the climbs, so I wouldn't need the climbing frame. Um, but I definitely need the error going downhill. I'm equally bad on the flat and the climbs, so I'm going to take an all-round frame. Fair enough. I think we've thrashed this enough, given that we all we just thrashed it last week uh, about ZRL. So Yeah. Moving no. on. 
Yeah. Uh, so, uh, days of the week, James, in which order will they happen this week? I'm going to go chronologically, which I know will disappoint you. <laughs> um, so after Caspat's, um, we move on to the um, the Herd Shiris, uh, which is our women's only category racing series. It's the um, second of three scratch races um, on Saturday and Sunday with... Innsbruck UCI, but just the first 10.95 kilometres. So that'll be um, from the start pens up to the top of the Innsbruck KOM forwards. Um, on Sunday and Monday, we have Herd of Mountain Goats, which is ironically exactly the same backwards. Um, so it's start pens, reverse KOM for nine kilometres and finish at the um, top of reverse KOM. Um, Stampede, our um, individual time trial event on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is 10 laps of the Dutchie Estate in Yorkshire. Really sorry. And finally, on Wednesday and Thursday, we have our Bullseye, bullseye Points race, um, which is our multi-lap first across the line points race, which <laughs> I really didn't plan as well. Um, it's eight laps of Dutchie Estate in Yorkshire. <laughs> Uh, sadly it's coincidentally the same route in reverse not ironically changed but um i blame Alanis morissette for your uh <laughs> as you should um oh cool rides then this week anyone any of you take part in any of, any of those zero i i, I, I will I, not I, be uh zwifting for the next three weeks so yeah, we know Craig's sitting out and James Hill reducing your racing. Chris, any other rides you're doing this week? Uh, with with Tuesdays and Fridays, that's about all my legs can handle. Um, as much as I love Dutchie Estate, um, I feel like I, I I won't I won't have the legs to compete this week. So kudos to anyone who is. I'm hopefully going to jump on on Wednesday. I can't ride ZRL Tuesday this week. So uh, yeah, hopefully do the bullseye. Wednesday, either morning or in the evening, UK time. So what are we on to next then? Let's uh, talk about November fun update. new things, Steve. November update, yeah. So November's update, as it currently stands, given we're in October at the moment. So um, but basically, um, Zwift's next release um, is exciting it's got new roads um and actually for the first time in a very very long time to the extent that i can't remember it ever having happened before zwift have basically given us a bit of a product mo roadmap for the next six months so very very quickly we have new roads in japan um we have clubs being made public to all um and we've got a new um ui as well um user interface um which is fun um the new roads are an expansion of um the mercury islands or you may see whichever one you want to call it um which zwift have said will be basically their second major hub after watopia um and it's called neokyo which is basically new tokyo um and it's gonna be flat dark and very bright which sounds fun. Yeah, this looks genuinely really cool. Like the the screenshots they've shared, they've said it's going to be in like a perma darkness. Um, uh, but it looks really cool. Like I I know I actually like um, Swift embracing this. I know I know I've been on rants before. Like it's just a game, folks. 
but actually i love the fact that zwift is in, embracing the gaminess of it like i love i love that with new york as well like i know kind of people have mixed feelings about the roots in new york but i love the fact that new york's like this we're just playing up to to imagine things that are going ahead like in the future and i, and I love this this is kind of imagining of what's going on so yeah i think it's cool i'm looking forward to it uh, very quickly on clubs um so clubs have been available to some event organizers for the last year um what this will potentially do is allow anyone in your club um, to join the club using the companion app and all being well will be able to create um, private club events and the new user interface will make it easier to find rides to join in um, find rides to just go and explore on any badges you haven't done um, and it looks fun so i think that we can draw a line through that uh, let's go on to what has annoyed us about Swift this week, uh, Craig. So I, I'm going to say Swift Racing League. As much as I have fun with Swift Racing League, and it, it I was really into it when we uh, when we first started uh, a year ago. Um, the, the the big promise of it was the. You know, the, the racers you always had ruining your race from the category above or two categories above uh, weren't going to be there. And uh, I think uh, the importance of this has gotten so much. And I, I mean, uh, to be fair, people are, are, are doing it for, for are controlling their power for uh, the best of reasons because they don't want to let down their teammates. But it's turning it's creating huge log jams at the top of, at the very top of each category, or at least that's what I'm finding in my category, in my uh, division. I think James, you're finding the same. There's an awful lot of people in my division whose um, average power is very conveniently 4.00 or 4.01. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I suspect they could probably do better than they actually are doing, but. Um, See, I don't blame ZRL so much for this. Uh, I don't mean I don't mean the players in that way, but the problem I have is that I think the great thing about ZRL is is where you kept teams together. And I think the problem is that the teams are so like ephemeral and have moved around so much that actually like the idea was if you did really well, you got promoted up leagues and you would get so so what if the top league had everyone that was maintaining their power so they all do 4.00 and you've got a league full of people who do 4.00 and it's incredibly even. The problem is like it gets mixed around so much. So you end up in like division seven of the Bs. You've got a team that have got three riders that are doing 4.00, which is not where you expect there to be a weaker, what you expect there to be in a weaker division, do you? So, so I think the problem more is like, how do you keep people in the same teams? How do you keep the divisions moving up and down? It, and, and throwing back to that kind of general... How do you stop people being a bit cheaty and swift? So, I well, and then even with them. even with the bidets, we went from division B four, five, six, finishing second, and then we were immediately promoted with the same riders to B one the following season. Got our asses kicked, rightfully so. Um, so that it, it, I mean, we we took it. We 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 rode every week, and we had our smiles on. Um, but it it just didn't really make any sense. Um, what I would like to see is that the sort of AutoCAD system from the classics being applied 
to the rest of the WTRL universe, it seemed like they had enough algorithms running in the background where they could figure out who belonged where, regardless of sandbagging and, and power manipulation. But I suspect we'll get there. I think yeah. the, the pro problem with AutoCAD was that it was specific to courses and fields. Uh, so your what well, you might have been um, categorized in C4 one race, you'd be C3 the next and maybe C, C5 or one after that. It, it changed every week. So I, I think that was great as a sort of determination of what the field was, um, but not really a solution for the overall ZRL. Um, but I, I, I know that Zwift have plans to implement stuff in terms of um, categorization fixing um, in the future. So we'll see how those pan out. For me, I, I don't know. I'd, I, I'd take more of a wheelchair basketball approach. So I, don't, like, I know you're all aficionados here, but for listeners of the pod that aren't, kind of wheelchair basketball has a categorization system based on basically how able you are. So I would be worth four points as somebody who's fully able, someone who's got quite a high spinal fracture and like very limited movement will be worth one point and you could do this with the same like you have people who are worth four watts per kilogram in your b category and like actually your your best division team can have six riders who are all worth that but to be in division seven you have to be um a lot lower ranked so i think they could do cleverer things with how they sort the leagues and sort the teams um and how people are sorted um because uh, you're not going to want to be like a team of 3.2s and B and one person who can ride at four and just watch them win every week. I think you get a bit bored of that. But um, right, we've got to wrap up soon. Anything else annoyed? What's annoyed us about Zwift? Uh, I'm annoyed about the the how they fucked up the uh, UI the, the the recent update. So you could basically drop into the pairing screen and cheat, uh, which is fantastic. Well done, Zwift and your QA systems. James, what's annoyed you? Um, nothing has annoyed me about Zwift at all. I think Boring. they're great, the, the greatest company in the entire world. So I've got my second in, second Boring interview interest. with them on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Zwift. Please write the world. Is that me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, not this week, but last week I was on the, the Champs-Élysées uh, Tour de France Femmes ride, and I never got the yellow jersey. They, they, they rolled it out. They said everybody gets to ride on the Champs with the yellow jersey. They had a UI update during the ride where I was settled from my normal jersey to a gray jersey. Um, and we were just chatting back and forth about who was wearing yellow and who was still wearing gray. So um, figure that out before you roll it out. Oh, boo, Swift. Yeah. Um, right. Anyway, we've got to dash and do the live commentary. But thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys.